Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Field, that one's called to the right. Hunter on the move, racing back. It's over his head. It's gone. It's into the bullpen. This game is tied. This game is tied. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. This is Red Sox beat on CLNS Radio. I think it would be a big statement if John Farrell started Travis Shaw on opening day, and I'd be totally cool with it because I think it would. It, it, if that doesn't give Sandoval motivation to, to play better defense and play better, period, nothing will. I think they're going to make Jeter that first unanimous vote, and I hate that about baseball writers. If you belong in the Hall of Fame, you get voted in the Hall of Fame. Achievement or a new milestone. So don't just be like, hey, we, we signed this player, so we're going to have a ceremony. Like, no, no. Like. Now, to your hosts. All right, welcome in. Red Sox beat CLNS Media, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for your Boston Red Sox on Twitter at uh, CLNS Media is, of course, the network. You can search the same thing on Facebook as well. Don't forget the uh, mobile podcast app. Don't forget about our rebranding at Red Sox CLNS now on Twitter, uh, covering with roundtables, all the great Red Sox covers that's coming your way uh, this season from CLNS as well. So don't forget about that. Um, yeah, a couple weeks now, right? Andrew Benintendi days, according to Lauren, until uh, Red Sox opening day, which is very, very exciting. Lauren's here, Jess is here, I'm here. Um, guys, another week, and uh, we're getting close. We're, we're in about a foot, over a foot of snow. Some places got two feet of snow today, but baseball's right around the corner. It's crazy to think that in three weeks, they're going to be at Fenway, and we're buried in snow right now. Yeah, the season starts March 29th, and uh, we're sitting here on March... 13th, and uh, we're, we're shoveling some big-time white stuff, so that's uh, hard to believe, Yeah, shoveling as, is as it usually is. Shoveling is miserable. I just had to snowblow my driveway, and it took forever because it was all a bunch of wet crap underneath a good amount of powder, and so my snowblower wouldn't move. So it took way longer than it needed to, and I was mad when Lawrence and her plow guy showed up because that was just me feeling super, super jealous. But don't feel bad because my plow guy didn't show up. So <laughs> if your plow guy hasn't shown up all year, you might want to get a new that's one. Right. So He's taking a year hiatus. It might be time to look for a new number. Um, yeah. But anyway, we got baseball to talk about, and as much as I love to talk about the snow that I'm done with. Um, some stuff around the Red Sox camp, some signings around the league as well as we get closer. Uh, the big one was Jake Arrieta finally signing, and we'll talk about that. Um, let's start with the guy that I love to talk about, um, and I know uh, a guy who does a lot of our roundtables, Nick Qualley, loves to talk about, is Sam Travis. Dude is having himself a spring. And, and we all knew he could hit, and, and, and there's no question in that. It's a matter of what he can do for this team and to make a case to be on this team full-time, make the roster, um, and sacrifice some playing time. Now, 
is he a candidate to play up and down all year? Yeah, probably. You know, flop back and forth between here and AAA. But, guys, can you make a case for this guy to be on your opening day roster once the snow melts? I mean, yeah. I think you have to at least kind of give him consideration. I know it's kind of hard, you know, where he'll be in that if he's on that starting roster. Obviously, he's not an everyday player right now. But, I mean, he's a great great fill-in god forbid somebody gets hurt on this roster which will probably happen it's a long season but i mean he's having such a fantastic spring you can't overlook him but i'm not going to sit here and be like he needs to be on this roster yeah it's uh it definitely seems like they're trying to get a lot of information on him because uh looking at his stats he he leads the team in at bats with 41 in the spring uh so they're really trying to get a nice hard long look at him um i Maybe he'll play a little bit this year. I figure he'll probably get a few a few games here or there like he did last year. More than that, I think yeah, it would take it would take an injury to a guy or two for that to happen. But I mean, his average isn't great in the spring, just two forty four, but he's making the most of his hits because he's you know, he's got four doubles, three homers, nine RBI and uh seven runs. The uh the runs is tied for the league the lead on the uh, on the team and uh home runs is first. And RBI tied for first, so he's definitely he's definitely putting some uh, some wood on the ball, and uh, I mean it's it's good that they're getting a long look at him to see you know what he really can do because this is the perfect time for it. Yeah, and the tough thing is you know at first was his natural position he's blocked by two guys right we know Moreland and, and Hanley so it's tough they're, they've been giving him a fly in the outfield Cora claims it's going okay um, when they when he made his debut he says some good things about his situation obviously um, you know. Typically, some first basemen, depending on your athleticism, can translate to the outfield. Um, but at the same time, you have to really get a sense of, is it worth it to risk the first baseman of your future just to get his bat in the lineup? Which it might be, especially down the road. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you know he starts the year down like like he has been and over time if they really need need for a bat don't be surprised if they look to this kid because you know he got his chance last year a little bit too and, and when he played he was he wrote the ball when he came up here too and, and that was the guy that you relied on and I, I think they probably could have used him a little more last year and I think this year it might be a shorter leash before they actually call him up but I don't think he'll make the major league roster right away just because especially with JD Martinez being here you already have an option as a fourth outfielder type guy who can hit the ball uh, I think they want to see what they have in this roster and in this lineup before they start bringing up Sam Travis because I do believe they think he's their first baseman once Moreland and Hanley are no longer with this team. Um, and it's just a matter of time for that situation. But I think right now they're focused on if they need his bat, that'll be his way in this into this team. Fun fact, he has twice as many homers as uh, Stanton. In the spring? The spring. Well, how many games, <laughs> has, how many all, games has Stanton time. played? Yeah, but still. <laughs> sorry, to shut that, sorry to shut that down, but um, Stanton's probably never going to touch the field anytime soon. So, look, I, I love Sam Travis. I do. I'm on that bandwagon because I think he's someone you should consider as your first baseman of the future. Um, him endeavors on the corners for a foreseeable future is something you should look forward to as a Red Sox fan because they both can hit the crap out of the ball, and their defense will get there. And I think... You know, Devers has made strides working with Mike Lowell this spring um, on top of working with Cora to get the defense where it needs to be to be there. And I think that's starting to see that as well. Um, and I think Sam Travis will do the same thing over time. Defense will figure itself out in the sense of just be okay to catch the ball at first and feel some ground balls. You're not going to be perfect. I mean, Prince Fielder made a living not being good at defense at first base, yet he still hit the crap out of the ball. So I think you're not going to have to deal with that with Sam Travis. 
he's your first baseman in the future in my eyes, guys, so I don't think it's worth trying to shuffle him too much just to get his bat in the lineup unless it's absolutely necessary. Well, it's nice, too, that uh, that Devers and Travis both had success like immediately coming to the majors because Travis hit very well in the, the short stint he had uh, last year, and then obviously Devers came in and hit a ton of home runs. So it's nice to see that neither of them were kind of like afraid of the major league level they kind of just came in and just started hitting immediately which is good if you want them to be your future mm-hmm. corner well, people, infielders people are you know. calling for um travis to not be sent down last year when he was yeah. after he played because he was hitting so well yeah right so it so, really it really turns out to if he hits that hot streak again say it happens this year do they force does he force their hand again and say okay maybe we need to keep him up because he's part of this lineup now um and does that put him in the outfield does that put him in a da situation and let jd play the outfield um he might present some problems in a good way for alex cora this year if he hits really well down in triple a and this team needs a bat yeah i don't see them it's, there's just too many guys to have it you know to have him stay if he does come up and then to switch them around so i really think for it to happen this year it would have to be an injury because there's just too many people to shuffle around if he if he hits well and makes makes them feel like they need to keep him at the major league level, it's just I don't think it's going to happen unless somebody's hurt. It's a good problem to have, though. Yeah, sure. No, definitely, yeah. especially and they don't have to rush him, right? Um, they want to make sure he's ready to play every day in this at this level, and they must really not believe he's ready if they brought Mitch Moreland back, right? They have let their Juan Hanley to play first base. This to me says we like Sam Travis, but he's not quite there yet that we want to trust him to play first every day. Right, and and yeah. that's 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 what I get out of this, and I, I don't think it's in a we don't believe in you at first. I think, and they obviously believe in the guy who, at the plate because they're trying to put him in the outfield. They're teaching him the outfield so that his bat could be an option during throughout the year. Yeah, I don't see him as an outfield guy. He's just he's a little he's kind of stocky and kind of a big dude. Well, he's I mean, a first maybe, baseman, <laughs> right? It's just, he's built it's, like a first baseman. He is a first well, yeah, baseman. But, but the thing well, is, I like, know, but like, if anything, see, like, him, if anything, you put him on the plate before you put yeah, him in the outfield. But you see, you see, like Jason Veritek, he was built as a catcher. You see Blake Swihart, like he looks like he could play anywhere. Like that's it's, what I'm saying. He was a catcher, and then he went and played the outfield. That made more sense because he actually looked like he could. I feel right. like Travis doesn't look like an outfielder like Swihart. No, no. well, because Swihart didn't look like a catcher. To be fair, no, he did. No, he he just could catch, and that that was why. And the, he got a lot of playing time because he could hit the ball. Right. Exactly. So it, it's, they kind of have similar problems. They both are good hitters, and then like, where do you play them? <laughs> yeah, seriously. So I think it's a like you said, Lauren. It's a really good problem to have. And when you're when you're talking about this situation, it's probably not good for him looking this year. It's just a matter of he's got to be patient. How old is Sam Travis? Um, uh, 25? 24, 25, he's, he's I think. He's not, not that young. Yeah, he's not super young, but he's not old. Um, twenty-four. He's yeah. twenty-four. So you look at it in the eyes of Moreland's not here that long. Hanley's not going to be here much longer. I think they're paving the way for this guy to be your everyday first baseman in, in one, maybe two years, depending on what he does this year. Um, but I think I think the way they set up the contracts for Hanley and the way that they brought Mitch Moreland back on the deal that they brought him back on, it's pretty pointing to me that they want him here as their first baseman and they believe in two years he's going to be that guy. Yeah. I agree, but and, not, at this point, he's not ready. So no, you know, r- ride these other guys while you can, and then he'll be ready. And that's why they gave him the contract because they w- they want to make sure they get him ready. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if the team told him like, "Hey, this is lined up for you, but you got to get you got to work 
and you've got to get better in these certain areas. They definitely told him that's how coaches get the best out of their players sometimes. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if, if they told him that. So um, that's a storyline that I just love to keep an eye on and, um, because I like the player, and so I hope they stick with him there. Um, smaller news that's not actually really baseball-related, um, Joe Kelly was once again Jim Buchanan around the spring training, um, interviewing players, coming on the field, almost getting tossed out fakely. Uh, Guys, I, I, I wish Joe Kelly. I want Joe Kelly to bring this to Fenway Park. Um, I, I think he should just be Jim Buchanan, like when he's not gonna like in the bullpen, just like. And then when they need him to warm up, he should warm up as Jim Buchanan. Like I'm all for it because I think it's just like it's funny, it's lighthearted, and it gets you to like the team a little bit more because they actually have a little bit of a sense of humor. It's like, how did this even like happen? How did this even come about? Because he just like wake up one morning, he's like, "Hey guys, I want to be Jim Buchanan." I mean, he it was. It's hilarious. I think what he said was that somebody like on the staff wanted somebody to do it, and he was like, "I'll do it." (laughs) You you know, he's all about it. Like he's that type of guy. Right. And I mean, I watched the video a hundred times over of the guy asking for his ID, and he's like, "I have my my press pass. My pass (laughs) is right here." (laughs) He's just like, "I have this." Like he's all confused by a little credential, and it's 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 so much fun. Like I know spring training, it's you know it's spring training. The games don't mean anything. So just to see them kind of just in that kind of different light and see them having fun and Joe Kelly just absolutely owning everything about being Jim Buchanan. is just my favorite thing to do. Like in the mornings I wake up and I'm like, what's he doing today? Well, it's so funny to me. Cause like I figured it was just going to be a one and done thing because obviously he told people after it happened, Hey, it's actually me. It's Joe Kelly. And then, it, you know, yes, he comes back and does it again and starts screwing with people again. And, and like, Bogarts didn't know who he was. And I'm like, how does he not know who he is? He, he already said who it was. I don't know if he just doesn't pay attention or if he was joking or, or, or what the case was. But, you know, he, he was confused because, like, Kelly was standing in the outfield and, uh, and, um, uh, Kelly was like, who's that guy? Uh, like, is it Xander? Xander, Xander Bogarts, and he was like trying to ask Pedroy who he was, and Pedroy was like, "Yeah, yeah, that's Bogarts. Uh, they're doing some infield, uh, uh, some infield work." And then he's like, oh, "Oh, sorry, I don't mean to bother you." And Xander's like, "Who is this guy? I'm trying to focus on what I'm doing." <laughs> like he was, just, he was just, he was screwing with him again. Like I don't know if they just don't pay attention or whatever, but it's, I think it's hilarious that they did it a second time, and maybe they'll do it again. I hope so. I want to see more of this. <laughs> Uh man, no, yeah, he, the, the the way he kind of carries himself, not the best pitcher in the world, right? We know that. He's, he's pretty much destined to be a bullpen guy, I think, for the rest of his career, just the way he's handled himself as a starter, and, and he had some success as the bullpen guy last year. So this is kind of what it was, and no, this is maybe the start of something good personality-wise in the bullpen. Like, we all loved the bullpen band when that was a thing. So that, that just kind of strikes... Red Sox fans a little bit, and it kind of makes you lighthearted. This team had a likability issue; it really did. Not a lot of people liked this team last year, and that's hard. That's hard to say as a Red Sox fan. But you watch that team last year, and David Price is arguing with Eck, and Pedroia is siding with David Price, and all this other stuff. And it's like, why would and I this year they're all they're all admitting to the fact that they had so many problems they had last problem, year? So they're basically great. saying, "I love it. I'm yeah. happy. I'm happy to hear they're they're admitting it." But now I want to see it, and I think the Jim Buchanan thing is a good start. Because it's like them just kind of being themselves and having fun, and um, it seems like everyone's on the same page at spring training right now, um, and everyone is admitting that last year they really couldn't get out of their own way off the field, and that obviously translated onto the field, um, and a lot of them are admitting that's a big reason why they might have lost that series, is because they just weren't together as a team. 
Um, and, and that's a big storyline because you don't know what you're going to get from some of these players. Like, you know, Mitch Moreland struggling right now in spring training. And I, I hate putting stock in spring training, but he's not playing well. That might put more playing time for Hanley Ramirez at the beginning of the year. Can you trust him to not be a hothead and really be dedicated to playing first base? Because that seems like that's where they're going to need him to be this year. Is he okay with that? Or is he going to throw a tantrum? You know, so the likability factor comes from can they kind of put their egos aside? And Jim Buchanan is a funny story, but oddly enough, it actually points to a bigger picture of it might be a good first step. Right, because I don't yeah. think anybody would have done something like that last year. They were no. too, Even they Joe were Kelly, I don't think, do would have gone out of his way to do it last year. Right, right. I agree. Nope. So it, it yeah, really, it really think, points to I that. think it's a probably big difference is obviously having, I mean, what the, what's the biggest difference from last year to this year? Manager. Yep. So I don't think they wanted to do that kind of stuff around Farrell, and maybe Cora doesn't care so much or whatever. So that's that's my that's my rationale for why you'd be willing to do something like that this year as compared to last year. It's the only difference, right? Red Sox have preached the fact that their big their big change was Alex. Um, obviously, they got JD since that comment, but like that was their big change, Alex Cora, and that was all, and honestly, I was a big component of. You might be okay with just changing the manager and maybe adding J.D. Martinez, and they added a couple other pieces too. So, like, I, I think overall Alex Cora has a big factor, and you're already seeing it. Like, guys are buying in. David Price is shutting his mouth for the most part, making comments um, about how he's, he's ready to win. He's not talking about leaving, things like that. Pretty sure last year he would have talked about his buyout. Pretty sure last year he would have talked about him opting out and leaving just because of the way it was going. Um, now, do I think him and Eck are perfect? No, probably never will be, but – at least now we know that there is a good situation happening and, and this team is working on it. And um, you, have to, you have to think, okay, this team has to band together because they're not going to be healthy to start the year. Dustin Pedroia, not going to be back on time. Good thing they brought Nunez back. Eduardo Rodriguez, now they're talking about him coming back sooner than we think, but he's still not going to be back probably opening day. It's a few weeks away, right? So this team has to band together to figure out what to do, and I think this is a good, like I said, good first step. Um, so one other thing that we want to talk about before we go around the league as well, um, just a good thing, um, for the team from a bad thing, obviously for Kimbrell, Kimbrell's daughter, um, Lydia, um, has been having health issues and he left the team to go be with her, obviously. And, uh, the team wore Lydia strong shirts to kind of support her and, um, what's going on with the Kimbrell and his family. And obviously you wish them the best, but it's just so sad because, you know, this time of year is supposed to be happy for Craig, you know, Kimbrell coming back and being with his team and not... Now, it's always the hardest thing you always think about because, you know, we're younger. We don't have families just. You have a kid coming. But, like, it's it's one of those things where you don't really think about having a kid and then now you hear them go, I have to leave work to care about my kid this time of year. You feel for Craig Kimbrell because all he wants to do is be on that baseball field. And now he has to be home. And obviously he wants to take care of his kid. And now he's got to figure that out too. Yeah, and I, I can't even imagine. Like, that's obviously going to be on his mind even when he, you know, comes back during the season. And it sounds like she's going to be okay, which is great news. Yeah. But, I mean, still, that she had heart surgery. That's not something that's like, oh, she has the flu or, oh, she has whooping cough. Like, this is something major, and she's so young. Like, she's a baby. And you're not going to tell me that Craig Kimbrell is going to go out there, and that's not going to be on his mind. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's amazing and adorable that the team wore those shirts for him. And I think that's, like, an awesome sign of team unity and everything like that. But, I mean, it's obviously family first. Even if you're a million-dollar closer, you have to be there for your family. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, right. like you said, she's only four months old, and she's had three heart surgeries now, which obviously anything more than one is you 
would obviously be concerned. Well, even one you would be. But and like you said, Jared, he, he's missed most of spring training. He's hardly been there at all, from what I can see. Yeah. So he's just been in Boston with her. Um, she has all these heart surgeries. So, um, yeah, hopefully she can move past this. I know that that uh, Cora has been talking to Kimbrel several times, and I saw one quote from him where he said that he talked to him for 25 minutes and they talked about baseball for five minutes of it. Mm-hmm. So, like, baseball is not his focus and he's not trying to make it the focus for Kimbrel. So, yeah, like Lauren said, team unity. Seems like it's a good sign. So hopefully that can make the team better together and hopefully she'll recover and he'll be able to move on to baseball and everything will be good. Yeah, um, and he's back now. Um, obviously, he's with the team, um, and it's just a thing where, like that, like that speaks to one who Cora is as a person, as a manager, worrying about his players and actually re- relating to the players and taking care of the players first. Um, but just you know what they think of Kimball and, and how they respect for him as a player and as a person. And um, we obviously the, the shirts were awesome, and it was a good sign of team unity. Another thing that. Yeah, you might have done last year, but you might have not believed it. Um, this team has a different feel to it already. And obviously, you know, you don't pay as much attention to, during spring training, especially, you know, with the Bruins doing well, Celtics getting hurt and falling off the court one by one, uh, plus the Patriots losing everybody now to free agency. You know, there's other news going on until the Red Sox start uh, because of the town we live in. So this might be on the back burner for a lot of people who aren't adamantly following the Red Sox. So. It's a big deal. So obviously, we wish him the best. We want to touch about it because it's actually it's it's a sad story. It seems like she, like you said, Lauren, she's doing better. Um, but we obviously keep our hearts and our wishes to Craig and his family and Lydia for kind of pulling through that kind of stuff. That's just terrible. Um, to go around the league before we get out of here for the week, um, two storylines that people were signing. Let's first start with Neil Walker in the division going to the Yankees. Just what do you guys think about Neil Walker to the Yanks and? Um, one of you can just like what does he bring to this team and is it a big deal against the Red Sox I mean I I assumed that the Yankees were just done making moves after Stanton and I thought they were just all done but I mean it's only a one year deal um I think it's like four or five million dollars so it's obviously not they're not looking for like long term from this guy but I don't know I think they the, the fans and they should like what he brings to the team but I don't see him as like a giant threat or anything like that. Yeah, me too. At this point, he's 32 years old. Um, he's bounced around a couple teams the last couple of years after being with uh, with Pittsburgh for the first seven years of his career. Uh, I mean, you know, most home runs he's had is 23, which is twice. Uh, usually hits around 12 to 16 primarily in his career. So, yeah, and his average, I mean, a 270 hitter. So his numbers really just aren't that great. He's more of a utility guy. So in terms of, like, an impact on the team between his age and his numbers uh, it doesn't seem to be a big deal to me mm-hmm. yeah no it's really not uh, i read a story i'm gonna have it in front of me now because i want to make sure i credit the right guy uh billy witz it was just in the new york times about it when i first saw the signing and basically saying that it's basically sending a message to everyone who's actually gonna play all those young guys on that roster i have someone here who i know can do it figure it out and be who you're supposed to be or i have someone who i can put in your place so and i kind of agree with it it's like a scare tactic, I think. And we know Neil Walker could probably play still a little bit, um, can fill a hole when needed, and he's there as, uh, probably as a veteran presence as well for some of those young guys, um, especially, I'd say, Judge and Stanton, for those who haven't really been on winning teams. A judge, obviously, last year was. But um, I think that it's a good someone to have to scare those youngsters, just to make them play a little better. Um, so I think it's a good low-key signing. He's not going to get a lot of playing time, 
by any means, but I think uh, for what they need him for, I do agree with that article that I read that um, I think overall, I think it's something that just for that purpose, bring him in, see what if he can still play. If he earns a playing time, great, play him. Um, but it's more of a get those young guys in shape. Yeah, I think it's probably a, a smart move for them to, to light a fire under everyone and be like, we'll replace you if we need to. So, yeah, but it'll be interesting. He's definitely been good in his career, but at this point, definitely definitely more of a role player than a, than a starter, which yeah. is what it looks like he'll be there in New York. Yep. So um, from a guy who's going to be a role player to a guy who's going to be literally the face of a team, uh, Jake Arrieta, no longer with the Cubs, has finally signed somewhere, not with the Yankees, not with the Red Sox. He signed with the Philadelphia Phillies. How much more of a boring signing can that be? Took one of the best pitchers out there and put him on a team that's just garbage. He gets to play with Clay Buckholz, though. He does. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> so he's the first him. thing I thought. <laughs> <laughs> he's teammates with Clay Buckholz. Um, I'm glad he signed somewhere. I'm shocked it's the Phillies. And I don't know if you guys saw his tweet, um, like with the handwritten letter, but he has fantastic penmanship. Yeah, phenomenal like, penmanship. I'm, I'm not even convinced he wrote that, but yeah, no, it, if he did, absolutely I unreal. But I mean, in the Phillies, they're kind. I feel like they're in this like we want to win right now, and I feel like them adding Jake Arrieta, they're like now we're a threat, and maybe they will be. I mean, the Phillies were good for a long time, and they just kind of fell off. And well, they won a World Series. But, yeah, and you know they're rebuilding, and there's nothing wrong with adding Jake Arrieta to your rotation. I mean, I, I wish the Red Sox got him in some way, shape, or form, but it's interesting. I didn't... He, that was probably the last team I ever expected him to sign with. Yeah, I was not... I was completely surprised when this happened. I was not expecting that at all. Um, I mean, I was tough to know what he'll give them, I guess, at this point, because he hasn't been... He wasn't great last year he was he was still good his era was 353 so his record wasn't wasn't as good as it used to be at t- uh, 14 and 10 but i mean interesting career for him because he did nothing for several years and then he decided to become cy young and then have a couple good years after that so you know i don't know what he'll give them he's, he's 32 years another guy's 32 years old just like neil walker um so we'll see what he can bring to them but yeah i, I did not expect him to go to the phillies of all teams i figured he would have gone to like a team that's in better shape to win at this point rather than a team who's been garbage for several years now. So, yeah, well, I mean, we'll see how it works out, but it took long enough, right? Um, obviously, he deserves to get paid. Now, when I knew this was going to be something we talked about, an article came up my, in front of my eyes, and this, they're probably a little biased writing um, in the Chicago Tribune um, about this whole situation, and it just points to the idea that did Scott Boris really not give him an option? Um, because... If he could have, he probably could. He probably could have pursued a, a deal that was still going to get him paid, get, make it a little bit more team friendly, um, get him his money, and keep him in an organization where he feels comfortable. He can still pitch at a high level, and maybe still pitch alongside you, Darvish. Um, and now, because his agent is who he is, and he probably fills his head with "you need to get as most money as possible," he's not a cub where he probably should still be. I think he is a Cub for life, and I think he should never have left, a.k.a. Lester should never have left Boston. Um, but I think Boris has a lot to do with why he's in Philly and not in Chicago. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's exactly it. Which is too bad, because Scott Boris controls way too many things. <laughs> oh, yeah. He controls half the league, which is ridiculous. I have strong opinions on Scott Boris that are not appropriate for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like it's one of those things where it's just like 
you have a client who is older. Yeah, he wants to get paid. He he won a ring, which is phenomenal, and it was an organization that needed one badly. But you have an option to get him paid on top of it, let him pitch with you, Darvish, and still have a chance to win in a city that he clearly loves. All those fans love him. Joe Madden loves the guy. Um, as an agent, isn't that more your duty than just, hey, this is the most I can get you, but it's with the Phillies. You should take it. Right, which is stupid because it's like, do you want to win or do you want to go get paid? I mean, they, I mean some guys both. just want to get paid. Right. <laughs> but I guess if you can get both and hope that the Phillies are good or whatever, but yeah, I mean, You'd think you'd assume he'd have a better chance to win in Chicago. I assume, yes. yeah. And if, are the Phillies going to be good before his contract and his career is over? Probably not. Right. Um, exactly. you, know, you know, at this point, it's like they had their run, they had a couple years, and now they're really trying to figure it out. I liked them bringing Will Middlebrooks. He breaks his leg, you know. <laughs> and then now they bring in Arietta, um, and they're looking for some spike. And yeah, he's going to sell some tickets. They'll get people to the ballpark. And the Phillies always have interest just because of the fan base. You know, the stadium isn't full just because of what baseball is turning into, um, unfortunately. But they have a fan base. We saw that when the Eagles beat the Patriots and they almost burned down their city. Um, the Eagles have a very, very passionate fan base, and that, that speaks for all of Philadelphia and not just the football team. So there is interest there. They're going to get some traction over the summer, and it, it is what it is, especially because there's a really big parking lot around uh, their baseball field and because they, they share a, a parking lot with two other big stadiums in the area. So you can tailgate those, no problem. <laughs> um, so it's, it's a really hot traction for them to do in the summer. So... Do I like the signing? Obviously, whatever he gets him paid the most is what he was going for. Um, I don't think it's fair to him. I think he's happy that he's going to get money, but I think about two months into the year, he's going to feel like he made a mistake because the team's going to be already out of contention, um, and he's going to be pitching for nothing, and then he's just going to be miserable and kind of half-ass his way through the season. 100%. I totally agree with that. <laughs> I do, too. Like, you hit it right on the head. Like, his numbers yeah. are going to slip. Because his team's not going to be because his good. team's going to be garbage, and he's not going to want to be there. And he's going to go crap. Well, I have money, but now I don't want to be here. Yeah, to finish his cycle. It really might is. be the uh, might be the early Jake Arrieta days where his numbers aren't good. <laughs> Seriously, the end of Arrieta. Yeah, coming full cycle. The career of Jake Arrieta, uh, garbage right. to World Series to garbage. Um, we'll leave it at that though, because you know what? A couple weeks until we really get into it, and uh, we're putting out good content here at CLNS Media for the Red Sox stuff. Roundtables coming out. Regularly at this point for stuff going on in spring training. Um, seriously, keep an eye on Sam Travis because I love the storyline. And uh, yeah, screw the Yankees just because they're not good. I don't like the Yankees. Uh, don't forget to follow us uh, on Twitter at CLNS Media is the network. Search Facebook CLNS Media as well there. Um, you're going to be able to find all the good content across the network. At Red Sox CLNS is the new Twitter handle. I have to always look it up because I keep forgetting what we made it. Um, so don't forget to look there for all the content as well. And this whole show is brought to you by our good friends at uh, DraftKings.com, of course. Basketball season's almost over, but you don't want to forget to check out the action uh, while your favorites are still on the hardwood for the regular season. It's time for you to put your fantasy knowledge to the test if you haven't yet and win huge cash prizes every night playing one-day fantasy basketball at DraftKings.com. At DraftKings, there are so many ways to play. Choose from public contests with huge cash prizes or private contests where you can complete compete against your friends. They've even got beginner and casual contests where, of course, you can play against people of similar skill level if you're new to the game. And, of course, the best part, 
You can draft a new team each day, and drafting is arguably the best part about fantasy. Besides that, of course, you win the cash. Just ask Dan from St. Louis or Jeremy from Austin. They both turned a $3 entry, that's it, 3 bucks into $1,000. Huge cash prizes and bragging weights are weight only at DraftKings. Use our code CLNS at DraftKings.com to play for free with your first deposit for your share of $10,000 in total prizes tonight. Seriously, don't wait. You see the CLNS code at DraftKings.com now to choose your lineup, and you can seriously cash in tonight. That's code CLNS only at DraftKings.com, the game inside the game. Minimum 5 bucks deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. Check out DraftKings.com for details. And, uh, again, don't forget to follow us all on Twitter. Uh, we'll be back next week for another episode of Red Sox Beat here on CLNS Media. Uh, for Jess Thomas, Lauren Cable, I am Jared Scally. We'll talk to you next week. And until then, uh, enjoy all the snow, you Bostonians.